no birth is easy though, right? I wouldn't say it's easy. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. What do we need to know about supporting and healing the pelvic floor? Is it super complex? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 192 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we're speaking with Christina, one of the two creators and trainers of Tighten Your Tingler. Now, I got to tell you, it is a funny name, but there are some serious results that Christina and her business partner, Jen, are giving to mothers. They are a physical therapist and exercise physiologist by trade, and this duo is dedicated to helping mothers heal their pelvic floors in a way that keeps physiology in mind and really at the center of everything. Christina and Jen are guest experts inside of the Home Birth Collective, and I am thrilled to be able to share a glimpse of their expertise here, too. Now, speaking of the HBC, keep your ears out as applications for our next cohort that runs from mid-October through the end of December, those open up next week on September 12th. This cohort has been absolutely life-changing for the intimate community of mothers who has participated, myself included, and the friendships that have been built along with the depth of both knowledge and wisdom regarding the physiologic birth process and the transformational experience of childbirth, they are far beyond anything I've ever experienced before. I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity, so feel free to jump on the waitlist so that you can be immediately notified once those applications are open. Spaces are extremely limited as the intimacy and alignment of the group is of utmost importance. Head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective if you know you're ready to join us in October. Okay, let's jump into this week's episode. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not medical information, it's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Christina, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you, Caitlin. I'm so excited about this conversation. <laughs> well, so am I. I. It's been fun. I know the listeners haven't been able to hear, but we've been able to chat for these uh, few minutes while my daughters have been running back and forth <laughs> into this room <laughs> and uh, just getting to know you and hearing how aligned we are and just what we believe you know, birth is and what postpartum is and um, just just our mindsets are, are so aligned. So I'm really thrilled to be able to share your information, especially about the pelvic floor with uh, my listeners. So would you take just a minute to introduce yourself and your practice um, to the listeners? Absolutely. My name is Christina Walsh. I am a licensed physical therapist and even more importantly, a mom of two. I have a six-year-old girl, a four-year-old boy, a wonderful husband who does professional sound, and we live here in New Orleans. And my business partner is Jen Lorman, an exercise physiologist with three boys. And um, between us, we like to say that we have the full gambit of birth experience stories, although none of us had a home birth. But I, I'm 
secondarily so passionate about informed birth choices and minimizing risk of injury through minimizing intervention. And that is what this is all about. And I am over the moon to be here talking to, to you and all of your listeners, because I truly believe that the things that I help Jen and I help women with after baby and, and through, you know, once postpartum, always postpartum. Uh, through the lifespan for women after they become mothers, so many of those things, we can minimize the risk of them happening through the choices that women are making about their birth experience. Now, we can't control everything. <laughs> and I, I know you're all about that as well, that what we can control is a certain amount. And when we make empowered choices to minimize intervention, you set yourself up for so much more success and so much less problems down the road. The women we work with so often come to us and say, why did no one tell me about all of this? And I'm going to endeavor in this conversation to do my best to empower you with information about all these issues so that you know after baby comes what's normal, what's not normal. There is a lot of misunderstanding about that. Because so often, even the providers that women go to to trust to ask for help after baby's here and they're dealing with one thing or another, we'll get into all those details. There's no such thing as TMI with us. It's what we <laughs> specialize in. <laughs> um, you know, you go to your provider and you and you think, you ask, this is the story we hear constantly. Okay, I'm having this issue. I'm having that issue. Very often, the provider themselves doesn't know what to tell you and so they brush you aside. Women are shamed when they get up the courage to bring these issues to their providers. And we deserve better. Jen and I created what we now offer as Tightener Tinkler um, through our own personal experience. We never intended to have a business out of this. It was all, let's help ourselves with our own post-birth issues. And then let's help the women that we already were serving. And then we did a research study to test it because we are nerds for what we do. And we knew that if we wanted to create change in this field, doctors and professionals were not going to listen to testimonials. So we had to make data out of what we were finding and what we were so excited about. So we had the crazy idea to take on a three-year university research study. We partnered with a professor. We did it. And we were so excited when it finally got published in the Journal of Women's Health Physical Therapy, the results of our very unique approach to helping women with this stuff. Um, but it was an incredible journey. And then the women in our research kept coming back to us saying, oh my gosh, this has changed my life. Can you please make a video of all this? Because I have a girlfriend over several states away. My mother-in-law really needs this, you know, but she lives in Florida. And so eventually we finally started listening and thought, we it is incumbent upon us to do everything in our power to get this out there to the women who need it. Hopefully that wasn't short story long, but oh, I, no. I get that so was... excited about all this. Perfect. And I love, I just love that passion of once we realize like, hey, there is something that needs to change. Like there is that, that feeling of like, I got to do it. <laughs> I'm yes. going to do it. Fine. I'm going to yes. change this until everybody knows that this is how it is. I'm going to just keep telling the world. So I, yes, and I that this option that. is available. You know, that very much aligns with what you're putting out into the world. Yes, 100%. Like, do you even know that you can do this and that it can be amazing and that it can lead to a beautiful experience through the journey instead of so much risk of trauma, you know, and that is so aligned with what we're all about. We want you to know this option is available the other options for dealing with these very personal issues that sometimes arise after we have kids are to us not nearly as appealing. 
you know, you can go to pelvic floor therapy and for some women that is a great fit, but there is another way. Jen and I have discovered it. It doesn't involve Kegels or inserting anything into your body, which is the alternative approach. Either a therapist inserts something into your vagina or you buy a device that you put inside yourself. But that's not functional. You know, are, did you ever have to think about squeezing your pelvic floor before you had these issues later on? No. And so the only reason people are still doing that is because they don't know any better yet. When you know better, you do better. We've found a better way. You don't have to do it that way anymore. You can do movements that actually feel good to do and that also get that all those core, hip, low back, deep abs, pelvic floor all working together subconsciously, synchronously through regular movement, which is how they were before all this happened and which is how they need to be working for you again. Gosh, this is just like, oh, you're speaking my language. This is so good. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, tell me a little bit more about your experience. So if I'm understanding correctly, you were already working in this field before you became pregnant and that kind of determined some of the choices you made. Is that correct? This is a great question. Jen and I met through nothing short of fate um, that we had no idea what the journey that was in store for us when we met. Jen, I actually, um, if it, as a physical therapist, I already have a specialty practice that I still do on this. Oh, it's not on the side. It's on my other side. thing. Uh, <laughs> it's not on the side at all. Um, I do craniosacral therapy. And I know I'm excited for you bringing somebody to your town who's going to be no, teaching so this stuff. I mean, I can go on and on about that too. It is gentle work, but it's so powerful and so deep and therapeutic on all three planes of our being, the physical, the spiritual, the mental, emotional. and you know, it's interesting, the protocol, the movement protocol that we teach through Tighten Your Tinkler is triplanar movement. So you're literally tapping into three planes there too. And so anyway, my craniosacral therapy practice ended up aligning with Jen. She's a personal trainer, exercise physiologist. She had the misfortune of sustaining some very traumatic injuries with her first birth, then had to have two C-sections after that because of those injuries from the first one. But she has truly lived the story of making your mess your message. That is what brought us to where we are. She ended up on my table looking for help after her third birth. And craniosacral therapy is an absolutely beautiful option for anyone dealing with musculoskeletal um, aches or pains or discomforts at any point in their journey, especially scar tissue, right? Like yes, scar, scar tissue. tissue, but it's so gentle. So if you've had any sort of trauma with any aggressive interventions in the past, or you just prefer a technique that works with your body instead of trying to force something upon it, craniosacral therapy is a great fit for you too. So Jen ended up on my table looking for help. We had a couple of sessions and we were just like, you know, that energy. And she said, you, all the women I work with, she was already training women postpartum as her specialty. At that point, still teaching Kegels because we hadn't discovered this new and better way yet. But she said, all the women I work with need this body work. They need, this is, this is what I've been looking for to join my practice. And I moved in with her essentially at her gym. We started treating women together and then discovered I then got pregnant. So I was not doing pelvic floor therapy. You know, I was interested in working with women, always was, but doing it through craniosacral therapy, but aligned with Jen. And then together at a continuing education course, we discovered the tool that we now teach women to use through the protocol and tighten your tinkler that we research validated. And that is how it all just organically 
happened. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Our big deal tools. I cannot wait <laughs> to talk more about that. <laughs> yes. Our re- I mean, God, come on, Christina. Like our research back. Like, I, how oh, cool look. are you? You're the coolest person. <laughs> <laughs> you are so sweet. We are total nerds. So anybody who wants to geek out on this stuff, call us. <laughs> so that's so great. So your birth experiences, you had already seen, you know, um, it seemed like intervention intervention could lead to more injury. Um, yes. So what were you thinking and doing in terms of preparing for your birth? Yes. So I was, like you said, I was already working with Jen in partnership, taking care of women in those postpartum stages. Again, not necessarily immediately postpartum, but anywhere along that journey. And I learned by that intimate relationship I developed with so many women treating past traumas and current traumas at the pelvis, at the hip, at the neck, at the shoulder. I heard birth stories from them. And as I got pregnant, already working in this field, I thought, I want to take matters into my own hands. I know I can't control everything. Birth is organic. It's a natural process. But I want to do everything in my power to make choices that lead to less injury. And so I started doing research. And I found that less intervention generally leads to less injury. No guarantees on any of this ever, as you know and preach. And that's why we're so aligned. Yeah. But I made a choice to go with a midwife to get a doula. My husband and I took a natural childbirth course together. Thankfully, he was so on board with me and he completely understood. And, you know, he was holding the other end of the rope in the bathtub as I labored. You know, it was as, you know, you had a recent interview with somebody talking about how this can be an empowering and a a joining experience for a couple. And it can. And I was so blessed I did have a 24, 25 hour labor with Leah. So I would not, no birth is easy though, right? I wouldn't say it's easy, Mm -hmm. but I got to do it in a birth center with a midwife, with no medical staff present, with my doula, with my husband. I didn't even tear. I mean, when you talk about lucky, um, I did push for two and a half hours, which we can talk about. There are certain risk factors that can lead to an increased risk of some pelvic floor and prolapse type issues later. And I want all of you listening to know so much that this comes from a place of wanting to empower you to understand this, not to incite fear. I'm yeah. all about making informed choices because what women constantly tell us, I was telling Caitlin this before the interview, women constantly come to us and say, why did no one tell me about all of this? I mean, and their lives have been so dramatically altered by trying to find help for these truly life-altering issues, trying to connect the dots in their own bodies when their provider has shamed them, where when they've asked for help and received a, "Mm, it's not that bad, this happens to everybody from their Mm -hmm. trusted medical providers. None of that's true, by the way. Yes, it's all connected. If you end up with unwelcome issues with your body in any way after giving birth to a new life, please know that there is help. It's not normal. You don't have to live with it. It's just about finding the provider who is aligned energetically with you, who you trust. These issues are so intimate and so life-altering. So in order to be successful healing from them, You have to find a place where you feel trust with that person, where you feel heard, where you feel seen, where you feel energetically aligned because you've got to heal on all those planes. Yeah. You know, 
these injuries happen at our very center as women, energetically, even our center of gravity, because I'm total nerd. Our center of gravity is between your tailbone and your pubic joint from a physics standpoint. And it's clearly our energetic center of creation of life. So healing this stuff is emotional, but it's possible. And it's possible to do non-invasively in a way that's even feels good to do. And that's the message I want you to know. Yes, there are risk factors. So I want you to know that too, so that if in hindsight, you're looking back on your birth experience and you're trying to wrangle with something that's an unwelcome thing that's happening to your body, I want you to know that pushing for more than two hours does increase your risk of having some of these issues. Not necessarily severe. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know when you look back to know if you had a baby with a larger head circumference or a higher weight, or if you ended up having a forceps or vacuum assisted delivery, these things statistically, this is all research. This is not emotionally charged. This is I can cite my references for you. Yeah. I want you to know so that when you're looking back and thinking, why did this happen to me? I I did all the right things. Mm-hmm. I made all the quote unquote right choices. And this is the emotional overwhelm of this journey, especially for a home birth community, for all of you ladies who are already on that path of choosing less intervention very consciously, like cheers, kudos, high fives all around. I'm so excited for all of you to be here and be making these choices for you, for your baby, for this experience. Becoming a mother and giving birth changes you. Mm -hmm. And when you can do all that's in your power to create something positive with that, you set yourself up for greater success for the duration. Yeah. And so I'm happy for all of you. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I love everything that you're saying right now. And I think that a few things that really stick out to me is that balance. And and we talk about it all the time in, in different ways of, you know, control, surrender. Yes. What do I have control over? What do I not have control over? I have control over how I prepare. I have control over my decisions. So I have control over who I hire. I have control over where I give birth. I have control over all of these things. I do not have control over the outcomes. I do not. And that is not on you. And that is not your responsibility. You have yes, responsibility. Fault. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I'm getting chill bumps listening to you <laughs> recite all of that because it is so deeply a part of what I care so much about for women that giving birth is the ultimate experience Mm -hmm. with regards to all those factors you Mm -hmm. just mentioned that so much is about surrender. Um, I, I read Ina May to prepare for Leah at my first birth and reading those birth stories in that book was so empowering to me because what it did was pull back the veil of the unknown, the veil of fear that in our culture has surrounded birth for so long because women as anthropologically, historically, we would attend each other's births. We would be present for each other in kind of the hunter gatherer societies and even other ones that aren't quite that far removed from where we are now. I mean, yeah, let's go back a couple hundred years. Middle middle ages, they had gossips. Like they had, you know, it's so so cool. Yes. And look, I remember the passage in Ina May where she talked about when the dawn of modern medicine, when men started, you know, elbowing their way into controlling the birth process for women, that's when forceps came along. That's when, you know, and that's when women and culturally and societally, we were removed from birth. And that's where fear comes in. Fear Mm -hmm. comes in in the unknowing. And so when we, when we learn, when we study, when we read birth stories, when we understand what we do and don't have control over, suddenly it's not frightening anymore. And that's Mm -hmm. what Jen and I are all about when it comes to managing 
pelvic floor and prolapse issues later on down the road. What do you have control over? What do you not? Mm -hmm. What can you have a positive effect on? What do you need to seek help for? Um, so, so much is in your hands in a positive way. And that's absolutely what we're about. I love the way you say all of it. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so kind, but it, it, it really is. It just goes back to that idea of, of life. You know, I always say birth is the microcosm of the macrocosm. Like it's just a very potent example of what it is to be a human every day, to, to have control over our choices. Like I can, can choose, I can choose what I put into my body. I can choose how I take care of myself. I can't choose what happens to me when I walk outside of my door. Like that's, it can feel uncomfortable for us, especially in a society that likes to um, kind of like hide that stuff. You know, like we don't, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk yes, about when we do. I mean, look, you and I both between birth and pelvic floor and prolapse stuff, when we do it, knowledge is power. Yeah. So when we pull back that veil of unknowing, I mean, it goes, it's so aligned that all of a sudden it doesn't have to be frightening anymore. Mm -hmm. And you're not and alone anymore. You take away fear. You take away shame. Yes. Right. I'm not alone anymore. Oh, wait, other women have that terrible feeling like their butthole is going to fall out sometimes after they have a baby too. Mm -hmm. But there's something you can do about it and yeah. you're not alone. You yes. know, we have a YouTube channel where we do a ton of teaching and the video that's gained the most uh, comments and, and it's shocking to me. It's a very public platform, right? YouTube. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> so seen, right. Feels so seen and so heard by our teaching on prolapse there that especially the rectal prolapse and rectocele issues, which are the hardest of all to talk about mm -hmm. and which you end up feeling the most isolated dealing with. I know we can talk personally about this, yeah. um, that women come and post comments under that video. I mean, like in this public place, I am in tears right now because I felt like I was the only one on earth dealing with these issues. Thank you so much. Mm. That's what we're about. Knowing, making sure you know First of all, also, we want to go over what's normal and what's not normal. Yeah. Because this stuff isn't talked about, so much is brushed under the rug as, well, that's just what happens. And right. like, oh, no. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> all that missing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to live with it. And you don't have to penetrate yourself with foreign objects to get past it either. Woohoo! <laughs> that is, that is a thumbs up. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk, let's go ahead and go into this idea of, okay, what, what is normal? What is not? Can we do a little rundown? Absolutely. And it's a laundry list. So interrupt yeah. me at any time for specific questions or to delve deeper into anything. Sure. So when you retrain the core and pelvic floor functionally through functional movement, all of the things I'm about to talk about with get better together because we're tapping into the body's ability to get back to where it wanted to be on its own anyway. We're just giving it a little nudge in that direction. And when you do that, all the stuff that your body was trying to do anyway naturally starts happening again. So what is not normal? Leaks of urine of any kind with laughing, coughing, sneezing, jumping, or with that gotta go feeling of like, oh, I had to urge in. I just didn't make it because I had two seconds of warning. I um, can relate up, to that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not normal and you don't have to live it. It's just shockingly easy mm -hmm. to fix this stuff, y'all. It's unbelievable. Um, so when you just tap into the body's natural rhythms. That's all we're doing. It's so cool. And again, no better, do better. No shade on people still using devices and teaching Kegels. They're doing that because they believe that's the best option that's out there. We're going to tell you there's something better now. Woohoo. 
I got a secret. (laughs) Getting up in the middle of the night to pee. This is one that is so deeply accepted as just the way it is that no woman has joined our program yet trying to remedy that issue because they've so deeply accepted that that's just the way it is. However, the first change that women run back screaming and jumping up and down excited about is, oh my gosh, it's been two weeks and I'm not getting up to pee at night anymore. Wow. And we're like, well, we told you that. And they're like, no, I, I know, but but it's really happening. Yeah. Like, I, I know. <laughs> I, I know. Awesome. <laughs> wow. So, peeing more than 10 times a day is not normal, no matter how much water you drink. I trust mm-hmm. me. Um, there's no such thing as a small bladder, whatever your mother or your grandmother told you. It doesn't exist. <laughs> hearing myself in these, like, oh. <laughs> And and no, this is not about shaming. Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not I shaming my own open. mother. <laughs> I love to be open about it. I I'll say I have a well. I just have a small bladder. Like and you don't. Your bladder, bladder is a perfectly adequate size. <laughs> I can guarantee you. Um, so yeah, no such thing as a small bladder. And then so that's all the the bladder issues you might say. But this goes into so much more than quote unquote just that. This also encompasses. Um, the issues with sex that can arise after baby for some women. And that can be anything from pain on penetration. If you have had an overtight pelvic floor from injury or from chronic stress or anxiety, um, an overtight pelvic floor is a weak pelvic floor, by the way, <laughs> it's not mean it's strong. Um, but issues with sex can involve pain on penetration. If you have any, uh, prolapse, which I've used that word, and I apologize for not pulling it back and defining a little bit better. It's just when the organs, which are stacked nicely in little compartments in our pelvis, you know, there's a lot of stretching that has to happen. And sometimes they don't, they're separated by soft tissue compartments. There's not bone in there keeping everything in its place. So sometimes through pregnancy and birth, they don't kind of find their place again. Some of the soft tissue gets stretched so far that it can't really align into those neat little compartments anymore. And some of the organs kind of fall either into each other or try to go down and out, out of the bowl of the pelvis. That's prolapse. And it is different for every woman. It presents differently. It feels differently, but it's pressure and heaviness very often. For me, I have a rectocele and some rectal prolapse. So because I had sunny side up deliveries, which there again, that's another risk factor. I believe that that's what my body needed to minimize my injury, I both of mine were. So I trust that my pelvis needed that position of the baby for my best outcomes. Right. But it has left me with some rectocele issues, which I think, thankfully to what we've discovered, I live most days forgetting completely that I even have that. Right. Now, I did not have surgery. No one came and restacked my rectum just how it was before I had kids. Mm-hmm. But when you have the right help, you can live most days forgetting that you have these these issues. But so a rectocele, Wait, I was, I, I'm going on and, on and off distracted. Well, we're talking, okay, yeah, so no, you're great. Yeah, pain, we're talking about what the sex. I'll get back to the, the rectocele and the rectal stuff in a minute. But pain with sex can be anything from that. So with prolapse, the organs are shifted. So very often women report like almost like a crampy, achy soreness up in, higher in the abdomen oh. because there's impact, repetitive impact on something that wasn't kind of meant to be impacted <laughs> in that yeah. way because it's shifted position. Right. Um, and there's pressure balance issues that happen with prolapse. So it can be soreness or achiness during or after. And it can also be perennial kind of swelling or puffiness or soreness after yeah. sex when you're like, hmm, this didn't use anything that you say. Here's your cue. Is it normal or not? If you think to yourself, I didn't have this before I had kids. Right. <laughs> chances are it's not normal and you don't have to live with it. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So pain with sex can be, and also the sexual issues that arise that women, this is the other thing women come back screaming to us excited about after working with us. And I've experienced this personally as well. You don't ever sign up for our program for this, or no one has to date to my knowledge, but we get very excited private messages about better orgasms again. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Right, because you're toning everything up, but without having to insert anything. Right. And it's pleasure for you is enhanced. So pain is decreased if you were dealing with that. A lot of women don't end up with pain with intimacy at all after having kids, which is great. But we have a show called, uh, do you have hot dog down a hallway syndrome? And (laughs) (laughs) I think you can get the visual. So things are stretched and not as toned as they once were. So if it feels loosey goosey in there, or if you feel like you're not getting the pleasure that you used to have, um, there's an answer for that too. And it's all the same answer. Um, because we're getting to the root cause of all of it. So there's the pain with sex. There's also the back and hip stuff, mm-hmm. which many women end up in orthopedics offices trying to be like, my back's been achy, or they just accept it because their friends have it too. Somebody told them it was normal. That constant feeling of like, they say, and most women will not say I'm in pain. As moms, mm-hmm. we're tough, right? We yeah. endure a lot and we have to just get through it. Mm-hmm. So if you ask, if we've noticed, if you ask women, does your back hurt? Oh no, no, my back doesn't hurt. Do you wake up at night because of your back? Oh yeah. I mean, I constantly have to change positions. Like, okay, well that's not normal. And that's, that's, that's hurt. That's hurt. (laughs) And then, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, I do feel like I constantly have to stretch my back Mm -hmm. or after I stand for a while, I'm like "Mm, bending over, pulling this way, pulling that way. None of that's normal. That's all in the realm in the sliding scale of back pain. Right. And you can get rid of it. You can be completely done with it in a very shockingly short amount of time. That chronic tightness at the front of the hip, mm-hmm. the women who try to do core exercises and they're like, I only feel it in my hip flexors. That's because mm-hmm. your deep abs never learned how to work for you again after you had stretched them out and had kids. You can deal with that at the same time. Um, so you get your outer glutes back on board. So as the aesthetic benefits too, your waist will narrow, your mm-hmm. booty will perky back up again. If you're like, why do I have the mom butt now? I never had it before. It was cute and round before I had kids and now it's all flat. You can perky that thing back up in a very short matter of time and very easily. The other issues, again, this is these are the most mortifying and embarrassing we find for women to talk about and share about is the rectocele and rectal prolapse stuff. Mm-hmm. This is, we have an in-depth 16-minute show on this on YouTube, uh, and these are the trickiest to manage also because it involves so much balance of stool poop consistency, mm-hmm. like managing constipation and diarrhea. So women who have bowel issues on top of these issues really have a hard path ahead more so than others. Um, if it's just rectal prolapse um, and rectocele, if you optimize your fiber and hydration, you get your stool consistency working for you where you get like those soft, like S curvy shaped mm-hmm. poops. You don't have the rabbit poops. Rabbit poops are constipation, PS. Yeah. Um, and you don't have chronic diarrhea. You can get a hold on the rectocele stuff and rectal prolapse too. And that can feel like pressure. Mm-hmm. Like if I wear high heels, I, which I don't, I didn't like before, but if I do, I feel like my butthole's trying to fall out. And I, there's no nice way to put that other than just, and it is the it worst feeling. Yeah. Wow. So I don't yeah, wear that's, heels. That's, I, yeah. I, of my, like, 
of pelvic floor issues. It's definitely, I have, I, I know it's a mild one, but I have a slight rectocele. And the thing that I notice is definitely, it's also hormonally linked. So yes. when I am on my period, I notice like, oh my gosh, like I can't have a complete bowel movement. Like it's yes. not, that's exactly, exactly what yes. it is. Yes. And incomplete emptying of bowel or bladder is a prolapse symptom. Mm -hmm. um, so if you went and feel like you have to go again with pee, that's incomplete. It can also set you up for recurrent UTIs if in an extreme oh. case of that. Because mm -hmm. incomplete emptying, you're retaining urine. It's more likely to get infected. Out. Yeah. All of this stuff can be so easily remedied too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is like- I love hearing um, that though. Like, it's like, I can yeah. tell, like, you're so excited about it. Like, listen, there's I a way. <laughs> And so the rectocele and rectal pelvis, I don't, Jen and I are also very intent on helping women set realistic expectations. So that's why I say right up front, the rectocele and rectal prolapse stuff benefits from the protocol that we offer, but it is more nuanced because it is so connected with stool consistency and regularity. Mm -hmm. So you cannot expect to have successful, complete successful conservative management of rectocele and rectal prolapse without focusing on that equally. Right. So the movement protocol that we teach works. Like I said, I live most days completely forgetting I ever had this. Mm -hmm. But if I fall off the wagon with my fiber and hydration, that will provoke discomforts again. And it can be that pressure, heaviness, and that feeling of incomplete emptying. It mm -hmm. can be the feeling of straining, straining, straining. I didn't used to have to strain this hard. Why is mm -hmm. it not coming out? Mm -hmm. It's because it's pocketing, getting stuck in little soft tissue bubbles yep. that didn't used to be there in your rectal passage. Mm -hmm. um, it can be, this is one that many women identify with, wiping, 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 wiping. Why is it not coming clean? Mm -hmm. It's because the rectum has that kind of like inverted itself a yes. little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally get it. So, I mean, it so makes sense. Yeah. And you can build more soft tissue support there uh, through functional movement that really makes a difference, especially when combined with fiber and hydration and optimizing that stool consistency piece. Right. Um, but yes, normal fluctuations with hormones is normal with all this and bladder issues as well, because the uterus kind of sits on the bladder. The uterus doubles in volume once a month from four mm -hmm. ounces to eight ounces, right? When we're about to have our cycle. On top of the hormonal impacts to our pelvis, there's very physical ones that happen mm -hmm. with the weight and volume of the uterus. So yes, we're going to experience changes and fluctuations and these, you know, issues in that area as well. And that's to be expected and normal. Um, yeah. So part of this journey is learning to listen to your body and how it's responding to various factors like your fiber, your hydration, what you wore. <laughs> you know, heels, certain things that cinch the waist can aggravate right. this stuff. Um, how does your body respond to certain exercises, to sitting, standing for prolonged periods? All this can be empowering knowledge when you feel like you have the resources to address it. It's frightening when you don't feel like you have help. Right. It's frightening when you don't feel like you have help and it's frightening when it feels like you weren't expecting any of it. And I think that yeah. seems like that was one of the big points for you is like, so many women come to you saying, I didn't know <laughs> about yeah, this. Why did no one tell me about this mm -hmm. stuff? And it's not that it's going to happen to you. Right. Maybe it won't. Many women yeah. don't ever end up with any of this stuff, but many women do end up with some amount of these issues mm -hmm. and they often end up living their entire lives thinking this is just the way it is for them and this is mm -hmm. their fate. That's what we want to change for you. Right. And it's, well, and it's go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, I mean, the fact that, it seems like a lot of this work is focused on functional movement, which is something yes. that we as a society 
oh my gosh, how far removed have we gotten from functional movement? Yeah. So of course, like, okay, we're, we're adding the fact that we've gotten away from this. We're doing a lot of sitting, a lot yep. of, you know, sitting and standing and not moving around in these ways that we used to have, we used to move. Plus like then we've, you know, we've given birth. And so when the body may have naturally been able to heal prior because we were doing those movements, we're not really doing that anymore. So we've got to be more focused on that in order to get Absolutely, that healing. Absolutely. Yes. And we're, we are also ill served by the bounce back culture. I'm sure yeah. everyone here agrees with that, that yeah, I think historically, anthropologically, women were encouraged the appropriate amount of rest and support in that, po- that very special, magical, but vulnerable postpartum period. And I, even I myself made what I now realize were not the best choices in my return to work plan after my mm-hmm. first one. Um, and I modified that for my second one. And so this rush back to, like you said, this non-functional movement, difficult, strenuous life all by ourselves. Cause we've mm-hmm. isolated ourselves from our villages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm speaking personally, we don't have family where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't have that support to to tune in and to be kinder and gentler to ourselves. And then we're getting messages like, oh, get back to doing sit-ups, get mm-hmm. back to jogging. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you give me a moment? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, can you just have a second? Yes. <laughs> I mean, here's a little tidbit, uh, empowering tidbit. Most women realize you're the laxicity, the looseness of your ligaments, which support your joints, does not return to pre-pregnancy state until you are done breastfeeding. So it is never appropriate to go back to a high impact workout plan, not only in the immediate postpartum, but anytime you're still breastfeeding because it sets you up for greater risk of injury. But nobody's telling women this stuff. Wow. The messages we're getting are so contrary to that. That's it's interesting you bring that up. I actually um uh my rolfing practitioner that I've Uh, seen. love him. But he was talking about the fact I was telling him, you know, I noticed my hips sometime like come out of like socket almost. And he was like, oh, are you noticing that it's happening around ovulation or around menstruation because you've got more (laughs) relaxing? And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. And I had the exact same thought where I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) I was doing so many things while breastfeeding and I had that relaxing in my body that I should not have been doing even the second time around. Yeah. Well, no, because nobody tells us. Mm -hmm. And I understand, you know, and I'm not throwing shade on people because I think where all that came from, originally the intention with all those messages was empowerment. You Mm -hmm. can do it. You can be yourself again. And so I don't, I don't ever want to sound like I'm, you know, casting aspersions on anyone. Like I think intentions for so much of this stuff were positive originally, Mm -hmm. like empower women to get back to it and feel like they're normal again. However, where we've, the pendulum swung too far that way. Mm -hmm. I love that. Let's swing it back to being tender and gentle with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Enjoying that feminine. Yeah. That feminine flow. Yes, absolutely. And you're that. so intuitive to have noticed that. That is really cool because that is also another thing. I treat a lot of hip alignment and compression issues in my craniosacral practice. And very often if, if like your pubic joint is out, they'll be like, well, this didn't, hasn't happened in months. Why now? And I'm like, well, you could have been doing the same exercise that you did a thousand times, but this one time it was on this one day of the month where you're 
ligaments were a little more lax. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I educate on that as well. Yeah. Um, he had oh, said something. Oh, go, go ahead. I, yeah, I was just, I yeah. want to put in here. This is a big one for pregnancy, musculoskeletal aches and pains. If you're having groin or inner thigh pain, your pubic joint is probably out and it can be gently put back in alignment by a Webster certified chiropractor. These are little tidbits that I don't know if everybody knows, um, you know, ways to empower you to feel better in the here and now if you're pregnant and experiencing that discomfort or postpartum. Oh, that's beautiful. Gosh, Christina, I feel like we could talk about this stuff. I mean, I could talk to you all day. I'm just so (laughs) enamored with all of this. Um, You said that you guys are on YouTube. You are on Instagram. Can you tell us a little bit more where moms can find you and how they can work with you? Absolutely. So I the the number one thing to do if you are like I really want to understand more about okay how is this all connected and is this possibly going to be a good fit for me this unique approach and your answer in law is in a 5 minute quiz that we compiled all the research data that we did our study with and the questionnaires that we used to assess women and we put it into one quiz and so we used the research data to be able to tell you with complete certainty based on your score is this for me or is it not for me? Do you stand to benefit from this or not? And we've got it outlined very quickly. And the other really cool thing about taking the quiz is that it subconsciously in five minutes helps you to see so clearly how it's all connected. If you're not sure, if you're like, you know, I have noticed some unpleasant changes that were not there before I had this child, take the quiz. Be like, oh, oh, wow. That's connected to this. and, Uh And this is part of it too. Like in five minutes, Check. Yeah. And the quiz is on our website, tightenyourtinkler.com. More information there. Our signature program is how we offer that protocol that I've been talking about that we did the research on. Um, You can get that through the website. Also, the link in our bio on Instagram has the quiz. It has the website, our YouTube channel. It has a bunch of other freebies. Like we have a DR check and closure technique to start you on the right path there, which again, that will further close with the protocol that we teach, but you can get things moving in the right direction with that technique. We have a back and hip relief technique that you need no equipment for that's free. You can do it in your own home and it feels so good. Um, so all that's on Instagram and, um, do we have just another minute? I'd love yeah. to give a few more tips. So Please. like after you have baby, there are some things you can definitely do and not do to take care of your pelvic floor from a holistic standpoint. One is optimizing fiber and hydration, which we already talked about. Another simple thing is don't push your pee out. This is something that many women accidentally find themselves doing because toddlers banging at the door, baby's crying. I'm just going to speed this process along. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to push this out. That leads to retention. It leads to having to pee more often. Uh, that is not a gift to yourself. The pelvic floor is meant to relax, to let that function happen, much like it is for birth. Um, and make sure you're not bracing or kegling. Those things are not your friend. They're not functional exercises. They cause over-tightening of the pelvic floor and muscles in the end, which is not how we want them to function. That ends up leading to more weakness and more issues. Um, and other than that, just listen and respond to your body. If you do an activity and it doesn't feel right or it increases any of those issues that were unwelcome additions to your life, that's your body trying to say, hey, I'm not ready for this yet. It doesn't mean yeah. you can never do it again, but it means now is not the right time. So you want to honor that message. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that. Those are those are incredible tips. I. <laughs> 
I am so excited about this. Like, I'm so excited to have learned more. I love that you're all about functional movement. That's just totally up my alley. And I'm I'm so thrilled to be able to share your resources with everyone. I mean, I think this just sounds like one of those things where it's like, you know what? Just put this on your your um, baby shower list, like your registry. <laughs> put the Titan Your Tinkler course on there. Just have it. You need functional movement. That's great. My mother-in-law wanted to get this as a, a baby gift for a friend's daughter because there's also no age where this stops helping. Right. She's in her 70s. I mean, we have women whose last child was born 27 years ago sending mm-hmm. us messages like, I can garden without pain anymore. Oh, I thought this was oh never going to happen. You know, um, so, oh, and get yourself a squatty potty if you don't have one already. Toileting stool. Yeah. I forgot that one. That's huge. Oh, that awesome. <laughs> Christina, this has been such a joy. I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing all of this information. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth and Podcast. Thank you, Caitlin, for everything you're doing to empower women in their birthing journey. Wasn't that an amazing episode? Christina brought so much helpful information to us regarding the pelvic floor and how we can support it. If, through this episode, you've realized that you'd like further support, do not hesitate to reach out to Christina and Jen at Tighten Your Tinkler. Like I said earlier, the name is funny, but the results are serious. I've personally been through their program, and I'm currently incorporating their exercises into my daily life, and I absolutely love what they're doing. I will provide links in the show notes. Okay, my friends, that is all that I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.